Welcome to The Deeper Podcast. I'm Pastor Doug Taylor, and I'm joined by Dr. Dave Vance, lead pastor of Crossroads Church. And Crossroads Church is one church many places. Pastor Dave, where do we have campuses? Yeah, we've got uh, some great campuses happening. Park Avenue uh, in Mansfield, uh, our city center campus, which is downtown on Main Street in Mansfield, uh, and then also Mansfield Avenue in Shelby. We have a campus, and uh, we have a campus also in the prison, the local prison here, and a great service that happens every Friday night. And then we're about ready to launch here in the next few months our Lexington campus, uh, which will be on Frederick Street in Lexington, Ohio. And our goal in this podcast is to help you go deeper in God's word and to grow deeper in life application. We're in our series called Uncommitted. Can you tee that up for us a little bit? What is the Uncommitted series? Yeah, you know, I, I love this idea that, that in order to commit to anything, you've got to uncommit from something. Uh, if you're going to take a step forward in your faith, if you're going to take a step forward in your obedience, there's always something that you first have to uncommit to. It could be uh, it could be a habit. It could be a uh, maybe a, a situation in life. It could be that I need to uncommit to some, some things financially. It could be that, hey, I need to take some time to not do this in order to do what God is calling me to do. And so whenever we're going to take a step forward in faith, it always requires an uncommitment to something. And so to commit, we must uncommit. And that's kind of been the theme of this series. I know people listen to this podcast all over the country, but for those of you that, that live in Ohio, we're about ready to get a cold blast. Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking the coldest that I've ever been. I went to camp one time in the middle of winter and I didn't take any boots. And I didn't have the proper gloves and we did all outdoor activities. We did a races in the snow and we the cabins didn't have heat and I did not have a great sleeping bag and I'll never forget how cold I was. It was miserably cold. What was the coldest you've ever been? Wow, you know, I, I'm imagining here with this Arctic vortex is coming through the state of Ohio, the Midwest. This probably will be the coldest I've ever experienced. Although, I remember being in Chile, uh, down in South America, and we had traveled from the northern end in Santiago, which is pretty warm and nice, and Chile runs the entire length of South America. And so, we traveled by bus about 16 hours down to the south, and we were doing a uh, vacation Bible school at a church on an island. Uh, it was on the island of a chow, and I remember, um, and how I remember that is kind of like, it sounds like a sneeze, a chow, a chew, you know, it's a chow. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we got there, and it was a fishing village uh, this little island and it was I mean there were icebergs off the coast and I remember I was not prepared same thing as your experience I was not prepared and it was frigid and I, I want to say it was like 10 to 12 below and that was probably the coldest I ever felt in homes with only a fireplace or an oven in their kitchen not in their bedrooms and so we were staying in people's homes and it was I mean, I had 10 blankets on me and still was cold. So, um, yeah, thankfully, I, I thank the Lord for heat in the cold weather. We're going to talk a little bit today about um, service and about spiritual gifts and how God's made us. But as kind of a fun question leading in, have you ever received a gift that you didn't really like? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. I have. Um, and, you know, I have to think about which there have been multiple. So uh, which one there, there have been a few that I've received. And I, I want to be careful saying this because I'm sure they're going to be watching this. One of them was from my sister and it was just it was a weird gift. And my my sisters and mom had the gift of giving one of their gifts spiritually is giving. And so sometimes they just like to give things. And it was my one sister got me this gift. And I remember thinking, 
I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I like, I really don't know. And uh, I'm not going to say which one it is just in case they're listening, but it was really awkward. How about you? Yeah, I, I kind of thought of a couple funny things. Uh, and I'm a little fuzzy on the details because it was so long ago, but the gifts got switched at Christmas. So my aunt and I, um, I opened and it was a counted cross stitch, a little plaque. <laughs> and it was supposed to be for my aunt. And she opened the pocket knife. And I remember she didn't really want the counted cross stitch thing either. She liked the knife better, so I had to kind of wrestle that away from my aunt. That's how that's how I remember that story. That's hilarious. And then my wife, I was talking to her last night, and when like she was almost fourteen, and she got the gift. Her uh, her grandmother got her a strawberry shortcake like nightgown, and she had that feeling like I'm almost fourteen. <laughs> I don't want a strawberry shortcake. You know, so all those like you know, kind of like almost like ah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But we've all been there and done that. Yeah. It, it, as we think about gifts, but. We're, we're talking more about spiritual gifts now and looking at that. What do you think about God's grace? We think about that for salvation. We think about God's grace for forgiveness of sin. But talk to us a little bit about how grace fits in to spiritual gifts. Yeah, you know, and, and kind of a, a text for this is Romans 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 as, as well, builds the case that grace is the prime motivator uh, for spiritual gifts. Uh, Romans 12, 3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of uh, more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, uh, according to the measure of faith that God has assigned for as in one body, we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many are one body in Christ. So having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. And so here's a picture is grace is not only the gift that God gives to us at salvation, right? So we're saved by grace. It's not by works. It's not by our own efforts. It's not by anything we do. It's by grace through faith alone. And that is the gift of God, Ephesians chapter 2. This grace also not only gives us salvation, but this grace also then provides for us a spiritual gift to give us give back to the Lord in gratitude. So what happens is, we, we get grace to get salvation, but we also get grace, that same grace, now overflows us in service. And so it's not additional grace, it's, it's grace upon grace, it's grace of salvation that now overflows us once we're saved into activity for the sake of God. And that's the image of grace, that it's not only the gift of salvation from God, but the gift of our gifts to God. And that's that beautiful picture is from God, now back to God. And that's how God gets glory is it's from God so overwhelming us that it flows right back to God in service, in, in spiritual gifts. And uh, someday we'll be in heaven together and all these gifts are going to be working perfectly. But we have the Holy Spirit inside us and the kingdom has come. Why do you think organizations and churches, how come we don't see these spiritual gifts just unleash and move all in one direction? What keeps us from it being like it will be someday in heaven? Yeah, you know, that's a great, great question. And, and uh, you know, I think if we could have an exact answer, we would fix it. But one of the things I think we, we, we tend to do is I think people get nervous when it comes to spiritual gifts because they feel inadequate. They feel like, well, this is spiritual. And sometimes I don't feel spiritual. And so in life, when we battle spirituality, when many people feel like uh, the spiritual life is a, is a slow grind, it doesn't come naturally. So when we talk about spiritual gifts, we don't, we don't feel like they overflow us right? And so we feel stuck when we talk about spiritual gifts. And I think part of that is because we overemphasize 
what we see in the scripture as spiritual gifts. And what I mean by that is, is not that there aren't spiritual gifts, but really every gift becomes a spiritual gift when we have Christ. Every gift becomes a grace gift when we've been overwhelmed by the grace of God at salvation. And so the, the picture of that is, I think we spend a lot of time trying to figure out gifts instead of just doing what's right in front of us and serving God with all that we are and am. And I think when I begin to give up this idea of I don't need to figure all these things out, I just need to serve, what happens is I naturally begin to serve in the gifting because it's natural. It's, it's been given by God. It's spiritual in nature. And so I think we, we tend to get that backwards where we put a lot of stress on us to figure out the gift. And in a world where we don't feel so spiritual sometimes, we hear the word spiritual gift and we think, well, I, I, I'm just trying to live my life spiritually. I, instead of just saying, you know what? I'm going to serve God with what's right in front of me now. And I'm going to trust God to, to elevate what my spiritual gift is in the midst of that. And I, I think sometimes we do that backwards instead of just serving right now where I'm at and allowing God to guide that spiritual gift and grow that spiritual gift and then show that spiritual gift in us. I think we try to figure it out and then we get, we get frustrated. Yeah. People get confused. I hear a lot of people are confused maybe about what their spiritual gift is and they have questions and they feel like they're kind of stuck. Um, you're, um, your example of just just start, just start serving is really good. What else can someone do if they feel like they're confused about their gifts? And there are certainly ways that we can find those things out. I, I know uh, here at Crossroads, we're offering a great class um, coming up. You're, you're leading that. So you set me up well for that, Doug. <laughs> um, but but, but I, I, I would highly recommend it. I've been a part of a class like that multiple times, taught it. Um, I'm so thankful we're having it this semester. It's called SHAPE, S-H-A-P-E. Uh, it stands for Spiritual Gifts, Heart, uh, Abilities, Personality, and Experiences. And what it does is look at a holistic approach at not just spiritual gifts, because there's only one factor, but also our, our passions, our abilities, our personalities really drive who we are and then our experiences. So I love the fact that we're going to offer that. I would, I would say if you're confused about your spiritual gift, there are ways to find out what your spiritual gift is based upon who you are. And uh, God certainly puts those things naturally in us spiritually, but also then at salvation that's amplified and, and uh, accelerated for the sake of God's glory. And so uh, we want to help you find that. And so there are ways to do that. Shape is one of those ways. When you think about service, um, for you, when you think about that, is, is it joy or is it duty? I mean, should we feel like guilt to go serve or joy or is it a combination of both? You know, it's, it's interesting in, in the text that we read about spiritual gifts, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 11 and 12, uh, it's, it's followed, by the way, 1 Corinthians 11 and 12, which is a beautiful case study of spiritual gifts, is followed by the, the chapter we call the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. And the idea that, that really what should flow out of us isn't duty, but joy. It should be this overwhelming joy, uh, a cheerfulness in our gifts because they're supernatural. They've been given by God and therefore can be used for God's glory. And so it really shouldn't, it shouldn't feel like duty. It should feel like joy. Um, and in fact, here in Romans 12, three, it says, according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So this is a sign by the measure of faith given to us. That should overflow us with joy to think I have a purpose in the body of Christ. And so that, that, that should bring joy to us greatly. Yeah. Is it okay to try different things in service or do you just kind of get a pick one and stay in your lane or, or can you try new things? Uh, no. And I think that's the beauty of the body of Christ is I, I say to our church, 
if we don't have something that fits your spiritual gift, we can dream it up. Like we want you using your gift. We are better when you use your gift. The Bible says that you ought to use a gift. The body is better when you use a gift. And then you're better when you use your gift. And so for us, I would rather dream something up that fits the spiritual gift that God has given you than just say fit in this box. I think that is not the creativity that God has given to us in the spiritual gifts. And so uh, we want to help you. And we, we believe that God wants you to serve. And so whatever church you attend, wherever you go, it's important not just to be stuck in a box with your spiritual gift, but to really allow God to direct where that goes and what it looks like so that the body will be better. And that's so important though, Doug. It's not for the sake of me just fulfilling a spiritual gift. It's for the sake of the benefit of the body of Christ. And that will keep us balanced. For me, that's the guardrails of our gifting, right? It's it's meant to edify the body and it's meant to use my gift. And, and those two guardrails have to constantly be in place so that I don't just go off on a tangent and do whatever I want. It's still within the body of Christ for the sake of edifying the name of Christ through the body. Jesus was an example of this when he was on this earth. What comes to mind when we say Jesus was the model of serving? What comes to mind for you? You, you know, I think of the uh, uh, John chapter 13 where he washes the disciples' feet. He takes the form of a servant. Uh, right before that, I think of a conversation with Peter, uh, I'm sorry, James and John and James and John, two chapters earlier, it's in Luke. Uh, they come and say, Hey, can we sit at your right hand? And then, and then two chapters later, their mom comes to Jesus. You know, you got your mom involved. That's kind of awkward. And mom says, Hey, can our, my son one sit at your left and right hand? And he says, you don't know what you're asking. And he says, I've come to seek and save that which is lost. I've come to give my life as a ransom for many. And I love that, that Jesus came with the purpose to serve us. Uh, granted, he gets glory on the back end, right? When we get saved and we come to know him, certainly Jesus, his name will be exalted above all. But on earth, he came to serve us, to show us that he came to seek and save that which is lost. And I think when we have that perspective, when we take the form of the towel and we serve each other, all of a sudden, like Christ, there's glory in serving. So the reason Christ is exalted is because he served perfectly. And, and so I, I think about the verse in 1 Peter, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. Uh, serving actually leads to exaltation. And when we get that, serving them becomes a privilege because you know one day we'll be exalted for that. We, we, will, be, we will be rewarded for our service. And so serving becomes a joy then. Serving becomes not out of duty, but out of beauty. Yeah, and I think serving um, begins um, in your own heart, and it, it be and it begins in your own home with the people that you're closest to, and then it extends out as you meet people and as you look at whatever church you go to. Certainly, at our church, we've got a serve booklet that people can find those areas. They can go to next steps and talk with someone that will maybe help fit them in into where that serving may come from, and and it might even look differently, like you said. You might be sometimes you your way of serving may not be in the four walls of the church. It could be in your neighborhood, in your community, at your workplace, but thinking about others above yourself. And for, and sometimes that's hard to do. It's, it's a tamp down self and look outward to serve other people. Um, Pastor Dave, would you kind of close us in prayer with a final thought and close us in prayer as we're all, you know, watching, looking at this and watching, we're kind of evaluating our own life. And when you talk about service, uh, you know, it's motivating to me to want to serve more and to serve better. Yeah, if I could just say that, you know, it's using our spiritual gift, when we look at grace, it's not in trying to get all I can get from God. Uh, when we look at the spiritual life from that perspective, 
I, I, you know, we try to strive to get all that we can get from God. I, I have salvation. I need this. I need that. And I, I talk to so many believers and they're like, man, I just, I attend church. I, I pray. I read the Bible. I come to a small group. I, I, I do this and I do that. And, and what you're really saying in that moment is I, I'm trying my best to get all that I can from God. But what serving does is say, wait a minute here. It's not just in getting all that I can get from God. It's in giving all that I am to God. And I just want to challenge you with that. It's not just in getting all that we can from God. God is faithful to give us all that we need. But when we look at Christianity from that perspective, we're missing out. Because what really happens is not just what I get from God. It's can I give all that I am to who God is? And when I do that, all of a sudden, the awareness of who God is opens up greatly. And so just want to encourage you that way. Let's close in prayer uh, for this podcast. God, we want to thank you not only for your grace that saves but for your grace that gifts us. And you gift us with spiritual gifts, with, with uh, passions, with abilities, with personality, with experiences that all line up to bring you glory as we serve your body. So God, as we look at the church, may it not be what do we get from you, but may it be what can we give to give our all to you. And in serving your, you and serving you faithfully, God, one day it will be worth it all when we stand before you. All the service, all the energy, all the time, all the talent, all the treasure. Uh, God, it will be worth it all to know that you receive glory through what we did here on earth. And in the end, there will be reward. God, that you came to seek and save that which is lost so that we now sit at your right hand, sit with you in the kingdom. And all that service will now come to fruition in reward and glory for you. God, we thank you. Thank you for calling us into your body and thank you for gifting us to be able to, to, to help your body become fully what it needs to become. May we all function differently, but may we function with the gifting you've given to us. For your name, Jesus Christ, our Savior, the founder of the church, the one who promises not only to redeem us, but to come and receive us again for your own. In your name, amen.